We've become bored with watching actors give us phony emotions. We're tired of pyrotechnics and special effects. While the world he inhabits is in some respects counterfeit, there's nothing fake about Truman himself. No scripts, no cue cards. It isn't always Shakespeare, but it's genuine. It's a life. We're not gonna make it. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, D Generation X is proud to present to you Brunch Movies. Hey, Andy. Hey, Dave. How you doing, man? That was my WWE intro that I just decided to bust out. It was pretty enthusiastic and energy filled. I was a big fan. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to step our game up. Right. Yeah, I think that's one fair criticism is that we're too energy filled and that. We need to bring it up even further. So, you know, that, that's what podcasts need. Cue the fart noises. Dude, that would be cool if we had a soundboard. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Get like a Vic Burger type situation with the blowhard. Third Vic Burger shout yeah, out. It's too many Vic Burger shout outs, but he's a good guy. Hey. He's a good guy. Yeah. He only, he only kind of looks like you. Oh, he does kind of look like me. I'm losing weight. I hope he is too. We both should. Together. Yeah. Me and Vic. All right, so uh, Andy, did you enjoy the the movie that we watched? I I did enjoy it. We should tell maybe them. maybe less than I expected to. We actually watched this one together. We did, and we kind of had brunch, right? We well, we ate something. We ordered pizza. We did. We had pizza with uh, your GF. My GF. Yeah. It's... Big ups to my GF. What up? Uh, we watched the Truman Show, starring uh, Jim Carrey. If you've heard of him, maybe not. Jim Carrey. Yeah, he's Canadian. Uh, there was some other actors in court, including Laura Linney, who plays his wife, mm. some old white woman name, and Paul Giamatti. Oh, you can't forget Giamatti, that sex fiend. Who, who plays uh, Christoph? Uh, he's famous, but I, yeah, he's in Westworld. He as, is as the man. Oh, I'm in a black. big Westworld fan. Are you? No, I yeah. hate that show. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> I really can't wait for season two, though, like yeah. because I it's it's so funny just how much people love that show and how bad it is. I, so. I couldn't understand the movement behind. I got five episodes. Of this is just filthy garbage. Yeah, it's really bad, but uh, it's kind of cool for that reason. So uh, yeah, I mean, Westworld and Truman Show actually have some similarities. There is. There's actually a lot of connection there. I mean, they need a wise person. Yeah, they kind of had like this architect overseeing yeah. it, and well, yeah, let's let's go into the plot. So, sure. Truman Show, classic film uh, from my middle school years, I believe. I think it came out in ninety eight ish. Yeah, so, so that, that's that's about right, right? N- Nintendo sixty four era for sure. Yeah, and Truman Show is about Jim Carrey's character Truman, right? Who is on a reality TV show, and this is early reality TV, like maybe Survivor was out, maybe Big Brother, but this was kind of. This is before like every show became a reality TV show. You know, uh, the the MTV show, um, a Real World. Real World was. Po- been I think that was the first real t- reality TV. Yeah, show. that had been around for a while, but it didn't really spread to literally every show. No, I mean that's what television is now. I mean, all I do is watch Bar Rescue. It's my favorite show. So yeah, everything is reality TV. Um, so so he is adopted at birth by a corporation, first time in history. And he is put on TV, and they kind of slowly build around him an enclosed town and city 
but they videotape him 24 hours a day. I don't know what they do when he's jerking off. That was actually one of my notes. What do they do when he's jerking there, off? There is a line in the film where, where they... Where they have sex and they, they, they pan they're like, the yeah, camera. Yeah, you never, you never see anything. They yeah. You never like see that. anything anyway. They always turn the camera and play music and you know, the, the wind blows in and the curtains move and you don't see anything. So, um, so when he's 13, they're panning that camera away a lot. So. Yeah, they're like, technical difficulties, <laughs> Truman is jerking it off again. And um, So yeah, so he lives his entire life not knowing that he's on TV and everyone in this town is kind of operated around keeping him there and, and keep him making money and keep him bringing joy to people all around the world who apparently just watch him 24 hours a day. Exactly. And, you know, obviously with a movie like this, a high concept, a sci-fi movie, there's always um, kind of takeaways or criticism of real world and real life and all that kind of stuff. So it's chock full of that. We are not the type of guys to really deep dive that. (laughs) If you want some movie symbolism and analysis, we'll give you a little bit. Yeah, we're going to. Yeah, this movie is, I think, has parallels to today. And so we will maybe delve into kind of the science fiction analysis yeah. a bit more than we normally do. I mean, is this, this is the first science fiction film that we're doing? Well, we've uh, done The Martian. We did The Martian. Um, but The Martian is, is... Ferris Bueller's. The Martian is science fiction-ish, but it's like grounded, realistic science fiction, where this is... Yeah. Truman is... The science behind it is not necessarily its strong point. Yeah, it's it's basically high concept, and I think this is maybe the first real high concept movie we've done. We did Jungle to Jungle, and this is the polar opposite of Jungle to Jungle. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so he people throughout the movie kind of plant ideas in his head that there is a bigger world out there, and he the the film basically picks up where he is starting to piece that together and figure out that there is something greater than him keeping him locked in and and preventing him from following his dreams. Yeah, through a series of. You know, human flaws, whether it's lying or um, just logic breakdowns or just malfunctions in the in in the setup of this dome that he's forced to live in, uh, such as a camera falling from or light falling from the sky that almost like plummets and kills him. Basically, he starts figuring out that there may be some cracks in the system, if you will. He's Neo. He's basically Neo. Yeah. Pre-Matrix Neo. Pre-Matrix Neo. Or in the Matrix Neo. pre Pussy, liquid sack, escape, Neo. My favorite scene. The, the, the greatest scene in the Matrix. The, yeah, Some people are like, I know Kung Fu. That's a great scene. Yeah. Um, for me, it's all about seeing him pull that uh, thing out of his neck. Yeah, and then yeah. his throat and, and just be covered in a slimy uh, nastiness. We're all about goo on this podcast. We're big goo guys. Goo guys. <laughs> Hashtag goo guys. Hashtag goo guys. So let's jump right into it, Dave. This is a segment that we've been doing here for a couple couple episodes. Yeah. The segment is hot takes, hot cakes. I need your arms around me. I need to feel your touch. And I'll let you kick it off. Sure. So uh, my my hot take is that Matt Damon should have starred in this movie. I think that... Okay. So this movie, everyone was talking about when it came to the Oscars, and the Oscars are coming up, don't forget, that uh, that you... Jim Carrey should have been nominated for this movie. And I think that Jim Carrey is an inherently flawed actor. I don't think he's a good actor. I think that he just plays Jim Carrey and that he can't really escape from that. And that was kind of clear in the Andy Kaufman movie, even though people said that he was acting like Andy Kaufman when you see him interviewed about it and stuff. It kind of fell flat for me. So, But if you put Matt Damon in this movie, 
you're getting 16 Oscar nods. You're having you're having the, the coolest people in the crowd. So I think this movie would have been a lot better if Isn't it was. Is he like 20 something when this movie comes out? So 1998. Did this I think come out before Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting came out way earlier than you'd expect. Like he was really young for Goodwill Hunting. Interesting. So I think that was Goodwill Hunting is like 94. 99. But why couldn't start a, a slightly younger guy? There's no reason. How dumb is Jim Carrey to be 35 and not figure out that the, you know, that everything's yeah. bugged? I think it would have done better for a younger Matt Damon actor. Because this was kind of Jim Carrey's first break from the comedic roles that made so him So he famous. did, before this movie, he did Liar Liar, which it's not a bad movie. I think it's kind of funny. It's a classic. It's a classic. And then he did The Cable Guy. So, right, which is a uh, directed by Ben Stiller. Did Ben Stiller direct that? Yeah. That's a tragic movie. That's terrible. It's such a hard watch. Yeah, uh, it's a, it's it's. I, I kind of want to go back to it. Definitely not a brunch movie. No, <laughs> no. But I I feel like that's a movie that as a younger person I I watched the Cable Guy and I was like, uh, where's where's uh, Ace Ventura at? Yeah, I think that he's been trying to branch out. I mean, it's clear with the Man on the Moon, the Andy Kaufman movie, and then the Truman Show. Those were his two, and then Eternal Sunshine. Of Eternal Sunshine. I think he did really well in. He, he he keeps missing out on these Oscar nods, but people kind of put him in that echelon, and I, I just disagreed with that. I thought that he just played himself. Jim Carrey is Jim Carrey on screen. You rarely remember the people's names unless it's titular like Truman. Do you remember? I don't. Did they ever say Truman's first name? Truman is his first name. Is it? What's his last name? Show. Okay. <laughs> Very good. All right. Wonderful. Um, and, what's, what's your hot cake, David? Uh, Let's keep the face moving. magazine. I like the face magazine where he he kind of puts together, you know, how if you take someone hostage, you cut out letters from newspapers and magazines. Yeah. I like how he did that with the woman's face that he kind of fell in love with in college or high school. Yeah, that was very heartwarming for people, but it also seemed very serial killerish. Right. And that's why I really liked it. You know, okay. I, I'd like to pretend that the Truman was a serial killer, but... But because the show was so popular, they couldn't stop him from killing. So they give him like dummy knives, but people are dying. So then it turns into like a horror TV show. See, that would be like a, the modern, maybe the one of the modern takes on Truman yeah. is is like they they put this guy on TV and and it goes horribly wrong. Like he's a right. psychopath, and or so, he's just whacking off constantly. Yeah, so they have to figure out like, okay, how do we do this without people actually getting hurt? And... They could chemically castrate him or something like that. Ooh, Truman uh, Show Two. Truman gets <laughs> chemically castrated. <laughs> I think that's a good uh, sequel. Should have led with that. That should have been your hot take. Yeah, that should. <laughs> yeah, that... would have been better if Crewman was uh, chemically castrated. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big proponent of chemical castration. So okay, yeah. So I've been uh, talking about that for ages. Let's keep that on a separate feed, though, Dave. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, sorry. So, uh, so that's my hot, hot take, hot cake. Okay. So, um... All right. My hot take is, and I'm gonna do this as kind of like the pitch for the movie. It's Imagine a world where instead of all of us living in a Orwellian surveillance hell world, only one person is living in that Orwellian <laughs> hell world, and it's on TV for our entertainment. It's the best part is it's on TV. Like, if the NSA was spying on me, but it was on TV, I'd, get, I'd, I'd let it go. Yeah, I'd be like, well, I'm famous. Oh, I'm famous. But because I'm not famous and the NSA is spying on me? Yeah, it's it's... It's really interesting to kind of look back and be like, oh, wouldn't it be weird if like Big Brother was real and we, we watched this TV show about it and then and then we were like, oh, well, no, let's just do that. And let's let's just have cell phones that are just devices of mass surveillance. And Well, yeah, it's pre-9-11, which means that 
in in that world the concept of being followed around by cameras and you know having every movement tracked was foreign but now literally everyone's having that done to them without the fame so yeah but i guess what i found interesting was why did they bother putting him in any type of modern situation like why is there a radio and a television in his world the time within the dome confused me because i initially thought that it took place in the 50s or 60s because the you know, not the modernity of the cars, but just the way that people acted. Be like, hey, neighbor. You know, they were trying to create like a utopic, as you said, society. But at the same time, there was some old technology and then some really modern technology. Yeah, I don't know if that was a directorial choice to kind of make it seem timeless or if there was some message about, oh, yeah, we're building this wholesome, you know, 50s Greece-ish uh, mm. environment for him. But yeah, they have airplanes, they have jets, like all the concepts there for him to, you know, travel to Fiji, which is kind of this thing yeah. he becomes obsessed with. It's all there, and it just seems, they could have been more creative in making it be like, oh yeah, there's not a big world out there. I don't, maybe they felt obligated to like teach him about like the country, like did he believe he lived in America? Did he vote? That's a good question. Do they rob him of his right to vote? And did they, did they stage presidential elections so that he could vote for fake people? Maybe he was just intrinsically uninterested in politics because they didn't explain it to him but do you think truman would be a uh, mega guy oh truman is he's riding the mega wagon he's mouth <laughs> no, breathing he no, he <laughs> I, think a, I think he's pretty forward-looking i yeah. think he's a curious man about the world so you can't i that's true someone that's a mega mouth breathing chud probably isn't very forward-looking no i think they're which brings me to my hot cake oh my hot cake is uh, his best friend that keeps showing up with a six pack. <laughs> I love that guy, man. Yeah, I, I don't. I forget that actor's name. But Noah yeah. Emmerich. Yeah, he's yeah, great. He's yeah. in uh, the TV show The Americans. Yeah, I'm a big Americans guy too. So. And uh, yeah, I just love how he's like Truman. I've got a six pack. It's <laughs> it's like cue the six pack. Like I, I need a, a god director in my life that yeah. just cues my best friend showing up with a six pack whenever I have a hardship. Surprise party! Whew. Come on, buddy. I got us a six-pack of cold brewskis with our name on them. Come on, pal. Truman, you've whacked off buddy. twice today. Yeah. I, I brought you a six-pack. We need to change the storyline. Yeah. Exactly. Like, are you having trouble with your wife? Six-pack. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're having trouble with uh, your dad dying. <laughs> oh, how the movie really takes a, a left turn with his... Uh, this has been Hot Takes, Hot Cakes. Yeah. Yeah, you too, Dave. Good, good segment. We're and, good at segments. Yeah, we're we're trying, but uh, the uh, the movie has a lot of things that happen that slowly help him realize that he is being recorded and taped as as it was, and the father sneaking onto the the set, his supposedly dead father who had disagreements uh, with being written off the show, sneaks back onto the set. Truman's like, "Holy shit, that's my dad." They take him onto a bus, get him out of there, and then they ride him back into the show. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's a lot to ask of a human being, you know, To and then I think that's, like, why Truman's show is it. I think it's a pretty good movie. It, it was met with universal acclaim and stuff. Like, the basically the playing of emotion and stuff, I thought Jim Carrey did a decent job with. Yeah, no, I think he did a good job. Uh, there's definitely some scenes that, you know, I had forgotten since I'd seen it so long ago that were really compelling, like, when he starts to... You know, confront his wife when she's doing like the sales pitch for the right. for the. Who are you talking to? <laughs> yeah, the advertising, and when he's driving around, kind of 
being nutty. It, it there there is some real emotion there, and there's a real you really do care for the character. I guess watching the movie and what makes it dated isn't the right word, but what makes it just kind of feel like it doesn't really work now is kind of just the way they choose they chose to present the story. So if I'm when I'm thinking of it, like okay, here's the plot: this guy is on TV and he doesn't know it, and he slowly figures out and escapes. I if someone pitched that movie to me now, I I guess I wouldn't want to know that that's the plot of the movie. It would be kind of cool like a to reveal. Yeah, it would be kind of cool to go yeah. into a movie where this guy's living this pristine life and there's kind of weird things happening and a conspiracy conspiracy, and you actually kind of experience the emotional journey of figuring out you're on camera along with Truman. Whereas this this movie was a bit ham-fisted, and, and it's like, let's take you back to when Truman was born, and there's kind of scenes in there that explain the origin. There's a lot of flashbacks to, oh, well, remember when this happened? And they make characters out of the, like, kind of like the daily, I don't know what to call them, the, the host of the Truman Show who kind of recaps the day. They do interviews with the creators. They have scenes behind the scenes of Truman Show talking to, like, the camera operators and also there's a lot of shots of the emotional reactions of just humans around the world reacting completely to unnecessary yeah. yeah and that that seems really out of place i really don't think that if this movie was made today that would be a part of it i think that it would take on a much more conspiratorial and kind of scary science fiction piece and i think that the movie would be better served for that it, it still it would be a, more interesting for sure yeah it's a very vanilla take on the every moment of your life is being watched i think that's because we grew up in the not post 9-11 you know where yeah the concept of being watched is just something we apparently sacrificed our um privacy for security so it's it it would ring more true to us that that slow reveal but back then it it wasn't like that so i think that maybe yeah we couldn't really conceive of this this idea exactly um but i do appreciate you know high-minded science fiction movies you know these these at least doing something adventurous. So I think the movie cost like $60 million to make is what I read. Wow. And, and that that's a lot of money back then, but that's for Hollywood, not a ton of mov- money. Right. And it's those mid range money movies that are kind of dissipating throughout Hollywood that are fun and interesting. The most recent one was that Matt Damon one I saw, or I didn't see it, but it looked like trash where he's just miniaturized and then everyone saves resources by becoming small, like going small or something like that. Downsizing. Is that Downsizing. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Is that the plot of it? Yeah. So, so they say, <laughs> I, 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 I thought it was like a, a movie about the economic hardships that yeah. America was facing. No, Hollywood doesn't understand that part of about America, nor does CNN apparently according but, <laughs> to Trump. But, uh, I do think that um, these high minded sci-fi films need to continue being made. I wish I do think this movie was made relatively delicately, and I do think it was well done. Yeah. I don't think it deserved the claim that it received, but no, and I think it's kind of played out in the mm-hmm. as time has worn on. Where this is this is not a movie that has remained like oh, this is one of my favorite movies. No one, yeah. no one's really talking about the Truman Show with like reverence now, twenty some odd years later. I've met people that mention it, but they really? wouldn't they wouldn't say like their favorite movies, but people would be a, oh, I I really love that movie. Or, I really like that movie. Yeah, I feel like it's 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 kind of one of those. And so let's just go into brunchiness. Sure. Let's let's go into the brunchiness. This, this is this is a brunchy movie. This is a very 100%. brunchy movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like like we mentioned, some of the things that I kind of complained about, and it's not really complaints, I guess, just the, the things that I say would would be different if this movie was made now. Those are all very brunchy. The 
you know, the reactions of the Japanese women clutching the, the Truman pillows yeah. and celebrating when he escapes. And Both of our uh, significant others are Japanese. And when I watched that scene with... Well, you were with, here with Hana, but I, yeah. I also watched that movie with Ray before. And we... You know, she, like just like the Japanese language, she would just laugh, be like, "Oh, that's how oh, they portray." Oh, I don't see you. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. <laughs> oh, good afternoon, good, good morning, good evening, and good, good night. Afternoon. Yeah, that was that was funny, but that's that's very brunchy, also. You know, the the security guards watching it, and for sure, eating their donuts and the late night shift, and yeah. the people waking, or the guy in the there's a guy in the bath for the whole movie. He's in the bath for like three days watching yeah. the Truman Show. That guy's skin must just be so wilted. Yeah, it's just slawing off him. But, <laughs> but the uh, also um, the best part was when the the show ended, they just switched to another channel, and that's really what modern life is, right? It's just one stimulus to the next. Yeah, one, that, yeah one Trump message. tweet to the next Trump tweet. Right, it's right. Just, They're just, like, well. What else is on? Okay, yeah. like this, this, yeah, it's kind of like the original binging of, yeah. of oh, you got to watch this Truman guy. It's it's basically pre Netflix binging, right? You would just get complete one hundred percent. You could just run through the show. Yeah, constantly. it would never end, and then it did. Yeah. Now, that's yeah. an interesting concept. The show that never ends. Yeah. What happens when it does end? You move on to the bum, next show. Bum, bum. Yeah. So yeah, I think this movie is, is brunchy. The color scheme fits it. The music yeah. fits it. It's kind of a whimsical score. It, it's, it's great score. Yeah. I mean, this is a Truman Show theme. You know that. Right. Right. It's not. It's not pop music. No. Not that that disqualifies things from being a brunch movie, but there's something about that theatrical score that kind of keep it in that brunch zone. Mm-hmm. I, I think that maybe the only argument against it is kind of the implications that this would take on, and and you know post Snowden. Right, post NSA reveal world where you know, are we really? Is this really a cute, funny story, or is this terrifying? I think the poignancy of the message that maybe the show was trying to convey, or, or Truman Show was trying to convey, was basically you know this detachment from reality and mm-hmm. just like focusing on shows by people watching this, and also uh, just the objectification of Truman. That has really taken a perverse image with the revelations by Snowden. But in addition, you know, you have Citizens United where they can literally fund politicians as they're treated as humans. And right. Does the concept of a corporation owning a person, well, they own the politicians. I think that's kind of interesting. So there's some of that. To yeah, know. yeah. Could it, could this happen? Yeah. Could, uh, could a corporation adopt a baby? Could adopt a politician. <laughs> Mm. Hot takes, guys. <laughs> yeah, grow, like grow a politician in a yeah. in a dome. Yeah, to, like perfectly nice suit hair them for the. Uh... Yeah, it's like it's it's pre Alzheimer's Ronald Reagan is what they would grow. <laughs> so, and yeah, I think, and the and the Truman character himself, he, his personality is very brunchy. He's an optimistic kind of happy go loving guy. The sure. good morning, and if I don't see you, good, good afternoon, afternoon, good evening, good evening and, and good, good night. night. He's got this yeah. stupid catchphrase, yeah. and and he does this, you know, painful they... smile. How do they instill a catchphrase into a real human being? I mean, he's just that lame. Yeah. He's just a lame dude. He's a lame and dude. I, I think I think kind of like lameness makes makes things brunchy. <laughs> so our podcast is as a brunch podcast. Are we lame? Do we need to look at No, we're meta. We're meta. We're meta. Oh, See. Sorry. So we escaped like, the lame. Like Ferris Bueller like or um John Travolta in Greece, uh Danny Zuko. Danny Zuko. Though they they're kind of assholes, and that, that made both of those movies a bit less brunchy. Although I th- I still think Ferris Bueller is extremely brunchy, but I agree. There's something about having an altruistic main character that you you can kind of root for, and they're that they they don't have negative qualities um, that I that I appreciate. Mm. Yeah, 
I, I, I agree. I mean, Ice Cube and Friday, he's, you know, he's a, you're rooting for him and he doesn't really do anything where you're like, ah, this guy sucks. You need a plain Jane protagonist. You know, I think that that's kind of what we've come to is that. Yeah, we don't want to be conflicted when we're watching brunch movies. Right. And, and, and I think that if we look back on, say, High Fidelity, where the, the protagonist kind of wavers between good guy, bad guy. Mm-hmm. That made me waver between if it was Brown Shear or not. While this one, Truman is indubitably like a good guy. You, you've said indubitably a couple times well, in the recording session. Big indubitably today. guy. I've been I've been reading. Indubitably. Them. Dun, 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 dun. I was, uh, yeah. Well, been reading a lot about the Cold War recently. Oh, yeah, <laughs> big Cold War buff. This is this is a Cold War movie. It feels. It like feels it. like they're in yeah. like a nuclear dome. That's what I was thinking. Kind of has that Pleasantville aspect a little bit to it as well yeah pleasantville that, that that's creeped up in a couple of conversations here yeah this is again you know along with greece uh has the americana exactly it's it's a very americana movie and at least for us at being americans americana and brunch kind of i think we're go gonna make a, yeah we're gonna make a significant effort to start branching out and seeing other i think we have a very structured concept of what brunch is but as we loosen those restrictions and rethink what brunch can be Say, uh, say a dim sum type situation or something like that. Yeah, that we can expand the the breadth of the the movies we've been watching. Yeah, and and we really just made this podcast to bullshit about movies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we can really just do yeah, whatever we, we want to watch more movies. Basically, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna get tired of watching America. You like movies? Yeah. All right. So, what's your brunch pairing for this this one, Dave? Yeah. So I chose like a kind of copacetic, uh, you know, sterile type brunch basically mm-hmm. very controlled by like a dictatorial big brother figure okay so i i picture kind of like astronaut food so basically it's vacuum sealed you open it up you crack it open and you get um you get some some dehydrated potatoes you add a little water to them and they're still mushy basically airplane food but a little bit okay. worse yeah yeah and your uh, wife is there saying it's delicious. Yeah. It's the greatest food you can yeah, buy. She kind of holds it up and it's sticking to the tray at the TV, and you're like, "Who are you talking to? This is terrible." But uh, but at least you have a wife. Yeah, at least someone kind of loves you. But in this, it's mock love. So yeah, just like it's a mock brunch. Why don't you let me fix you some of this new Mococo drink? All natural cocoa beans from the upper slopes of Mount Nicaragua. No artificial sweeteners. What the hell are you talking about? Who are you talking to? I've tasted other cocos. There this you is go. The best. Okay, so I'm I I'm, I kind of have a similar idea here. My my idea is the imagine the most picturesque brunch you can. You know, it just fancy tables, fancy cutlery, we silverware. The, uh, we're at the club again. Maybe not the club this time. Maybe we're at like the fanciest restaurant in town that's doing a special Sunday brunch, and you okay. you got the reservation or whatever, and you're in there and. And, you know, they, they have, like, your favorite brunch item, which is maybe, you know, ham. Like a like mm. a rare ham. Iberico. Sure. Like a, right. like a special cooked ham that you're going to have with some perfectly made eggs. Perhaps some, um, what's the what's the egg that you, you kind of make a cyclone with the water? And you're, poached eggs. Yeah. Maybe some, like, perfectly poached eggs. So, eggs benedict. Like a nice egg Benedict. Yeah, we're we're going back to Benedict, but you know, we're like I, like I said, just pristine, like mm. perfectly cooked, like the you know maybe the chef presents it to you or like oh. salts and peppers it at your table for you know something like that. So this isn't a Hyatt breakfast. This is like a pristine. Yeah, this know. is like this like brunch is catered for you, and then you c- cut into it and 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 it turns out it's all made of rubber. Oh. 
because it's oh. fake, just like Truman's life. Oh, there you go. So it's it, it looks beautiful from the outside. Yeah. It's like fake fruit. Yeah, it's like fake fruit, but you can still kind of like put your mouth around it and eat. Oh. And you're like, oh, this this really looked like it would taste better. Very good. I wonder how they did the catering on Truman Show. That's a lot of people to feed. Yeah. What's the craft services? Craft services, yeah. <laughs> how did they talk about Christ, that? I worked craft services for Truman Show for 10 years. Yeah. Took 20 years off my life. I wonder, you know, the actors must have had personal lives and stuff like that, right? Yeah. I mean, could you just like, like, could you just go around and like fucking people on the set of Truman Show? Could you just be like, oh, that girl's hot and like, it's in my character to. Well, they went. They they had a very routine schedule. Everyone walks at this time. Everyone does this at this time. Maybe everyone banged at a certain time. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's another thing that we're kind of lost it. It's like why why would this be the easiest way to do this? They just the, the concept. If Truman was deviant and like I said, a, a serial killer, would have been such good television. If he was a Hannibal yeah. actor type. Anyway, I wish. Can always wish. wish well, star. Jim Carrey will come back and play a killer in some movie. He's he's out of it, man. He's he's had a dark turn in life. He gave that girl herpes and she killed herself. Yikes! Yeah. Is that in the, that movie, that Netflix film. Well, I think I don't know if when that Netflix documentary was made, but the family of the deceased girlfriend claims that he gave her a bunch like hepatitis and shit. So apparently, he's but like, but she got she got that good Jim Carrey dick. So you know she should be. Yeah, he also looks like a uh, the coach of the. Dallas Mavericks, Rick Carlisle. He used to be the coach of the Pistons. He used to be. And then they fired him and they brought in Larry Brown the year before they won the championship. So Yeah. Sorry, Rick Carlisle. You're a great coach. You you won with the Dallas Mavericks. So anyway, so uh little... quite a turn there. So yeah, Truman Show, Brunchy. Uh maybe not as good as I remember it. Not as bad as I thought it could be. I'd give the movie six point five out of ten on a brunchy scale higher than that. So quite a brunchy movie. Yeah, I think so. I, I'm up with you there. Seven, se- six, seven, eight. Yeah, in, in that range. Yeah, very good. It's good. So uh, yeah, pop in your uh, pop in to your local DVD rental store. Pick up the Truman Show. Your local blockbuster. Just hit it up. Yep, hit it up. Tell them we sent you. <laughs> You'll get a discount of two hundred yen in America. Yep. Guys... And then you can send that yen to us. Yeah, <laughs> you have to send it back because that's the rule. This is we don't have any sponsors other than bankrupt blockbuster right now so yeah blockbuster blockbuster said that if we can save their business they'll reimburse us for the podcast yeah really excited about that guys yeah so so hashtag blockbuster hashtag blockbuster hashtag brunch brunch buster block block brunchster block brunchster block brunchster there we go hashtag block brunchster everybody there you go very good well this has been brunch movies this is another episode of brunch movies bye bye You want another slice? No, I'm okay. What else is on? Yeah, let's do what else. Where's the TV guy?